My name is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and this is the Compete Everyday Podcast, a show designed to encourage and equip you with the tools to build a winning mindset so you can build your winning life. Text PODCAST to 972-945-9113 to join our Morning Motivation Club and visit CompeteEveryday.com for past podcast episodes and to learn more about our resources and gear for ambitious people who are ready to start winning. Welcome to the show. There's something special about what the game of basketball can do. Today's podcast, I'm excited to welcome to the show Dan Grunfield. Dan is a former collegiate basketball player, but more than that, he's an author. And he just published a book called By the Grace of the Game. And it's the story of how his grandparents survived the Holocaust, came over to America as immigrants, how his father learned the game of basketball around the age of nine or 10 years old, and ended up building an incredible career in the NBA, both as a player, as a general manager, and just the stories of what their family endured to get to the point where they are today. It's, it's an inspiring story. It's an incredible journey. It's one that I wish more people were aware of what went on. Um, if you've never been to the National, uh, I believe it's the National Holocaust Museum in D.C., it's a very humbling experience to see. And the fact that most people don't understand what happened then leading up to and and around World War II and the evils of man, it's the best way I can say it, and the things that Hitler and the Nazis did, it's atrocious. It's sickening to think of. But in the midst of those horrors, in the midst of that evil, the human spirit has an incredible ability to survive And it's those stories that inspire us of what we're actually capable of overcoming. And Dan paints an incredible picture of that, of what his grandmother went through, what his grandfather went through. And I think you're going to get a lot out of today's conversation, not only as we talk about the book, but we talk about ways that his family continued to instill their values, their story in him, so that growing up the son of the New York Knicks general manager and and a former NBA star... He didn't look for that silver spoon. He didn't look for his way out. He was taught to put in the work on we overcome tough situations. He was all the things that we want to instill in our kids. We want our kids to have an easier and better life than we did. But at the same time, we want to build the mindset that they're able to overcome challenges. And so that's a conversation point I had with Dan as well today. I'm excited for you to be able to hear him. I want you to pick up a copy of his book on Amazon for Grace of the Game, especially so after listening to today's interview. I hope you're encouraged to do that. Before we dive into today's show, I want to remind you, as always, to join the new community over at community.competeeveryday.com. Get connected with the other passionate, driven, ambitious people just like yourself chasing goals. It's a great place to be able to ask questions, to get feedback, to stay motivated, to stay encouraged, and and honestly, gives you some better content than just endlessly scrolling that Facebook or Instagram feed and looking up and realizing you wasted 20, 30 minutes. Pop on over to the community, do some engagement with actual people, don't get caught in the never-ending trap of social and just get connected so that you can go get better. So join today at community.competeeveryday.com. And as always, if you want to support the podcast, there's two easy ways to do it. One, you can join our daily podcast subscription and get a brand new episode every single day 
for just about four bucks a month. That's a dollar a week for seven episodes every single week. You can do that at community.competeeveryday.com or just head to competeeveryday.com, pick up a shirt, pick up a hat, pick up a poster, pick up my copy of my book and use the code podcast. Get yourself 15% off any order, anytime at competeeveryday.com. That's code podcast for 15% off. Now let's welcome in author, basketball player, and all-around good guy, Dan Grunfield. Dan, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Thanks so much, man. It's great to be here. Yeah, super excited to have today's conversation. Thanks to our good friend, Brian Levinson, for the introduction. And, you know, it was funny, when Brian reached out, he was like, got a really cool guy you should talk to, has a cool story. And I was like, okay, like I trust Brian at his word. Brian recommends somebody. And then I had a chance to listen to some of your interviews and learn a little bit more about what you're doing with this book. And I'm fascinated by it for a number of different reasons. One of which I heard multiple times during the interview that a lot of the younger listeners and maybe younger listeners to our show aren't as familiar with what happened and what happened back during World War II and right before then. And, and for me, it was something knowing my entire life. It's a part of history. It was a incredibly tragic part of history. And through all tragedy and through the evils of this world, sometimes incredible stories come out of that and stories of inspiration and stories of power. And, and a couple of years ago or a few years ago, they had the, the story Unbreakable mm -hmm. um, that came out about uh, the POW, uh, the US POW, and I'm bl completely blanking on his name. Read the book, saw the movie. Uh, but it was I'm, Louis. Yes, Louis. Uh, Zamperini. 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 Yes, that was it. Yeah, great. And book. so Louis Zamperini, he survived this POW. And, and so it was a really cool Hollywood took it and ran with it. But there's so many stories like that, that people don't realize the not only the power of the human spirit, but the power of sport. And I, that's what has me really excited about today's conversation. And so I, I've teased up a lot of it. But I would love for you to just give a quick introduction to yourself um, and this passion project that you've now brought to life, put on paper and are sharing with the world. Yeah, absolutely. So now listen, I was born around the game of basketball. You know, it's kind of like our family business. So I played collegially at Stanford. I played eight years professionally. My dad was an NBA player, an NBA executive for several decades. So he's extraordinarily well known in the game of basketball. I had my own career as well. But what's less known is that my dad is the only player in NBA history whose parents are Holocaust survivors. And actually, the research shows he's the only athlete in the history of the four major American sports with that background. Wow. You know, I always grew up kind of understanding what basketball had done for my family, what my grandparents had been through, what my dad had been through, you know, because he came to America as an immigrant who had, didn't speak a word of English, had never touched a basketball. You know, and then he won a gold medal for the United States roughly 10 years later. You know, so it just kind of to your point, showing the power of sports, you know, the human spirit, uh, you know, how much we can overcome what we can get through. And so in my life, it just had such an impact on me that as I got older, it was just a story that I, I really wanted to tell. Yeah. One thing I'm interested by, and I'm curious what led you in that direction, but the title by the grace of the game what what was kind of the reason for that title um because i think a lot of people like when they see it at first they're like well, wait a minute is this a religious book like what 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 is kind of it but there's a beauty to sport and what sport can do and so i'm curious kind of what ended up 
creating when I know why you wrote the story, but what really made you tie that as the title of the bow on it? Absolutely. So, you know, for my family, basketball has been heaven sent, you know, and, you know, when I mentioned my dad coming to the United States of America, you know, he had an older brother who was his hero and he, he was diagnosed with leukemia almost immediately upon arrival in the United States. And he died within a year, you know, and so when my dad went to the park in New York City to, you know, make friends and learn English, it was also to heal from his brother's passing. And he just started playing basketball, you know, and, and I write in the book, you know, when I was growing up, my, my mom drove me to every game I played. My dad was supporting me. My sister was there. My grandparents didn't see my dad play basketball until he was a junior in high school. You know, it was just something, you know, they were trying to build a life in America. They, it was just something that he was doing in his spare time. And, you know, then they finally saw him play because his high school coach called and said, you have to see this kid play. And then a year later, he was an All-American already. You know, so the game really shined down on our family when we really needed it and took, took us to places we could never have imagined. And so, you know, by the grace of the game, you know, it was really, there is something kind of spiritual about the presence of basketball in our lives. And I have to give a shout out to my wife, Sam, who came up with the title. because uh, <laughs> I must give her credit for that. But, you know, it says a lot about the story in, in very few words. Yeah. So take us uh, just kind of an overview of the story, focusing on your grandparents and then their uh, just survival through the Holocaust and journey to America. And then your father, is that kind of how the storyline goes throughout the book? Yeah. So the book alternates actually between my journey and my grandparents' survival story, and then my dad kind of his ascension in basketball. So the timeline alternates, which I think is interesting because I always like to see people at different phases of their life. You know, yeah. so you see my dad as a famous basketball star, you know, as the general manager of the New York Knicks, my grandmother's as matriarch of a family. Then you see them as youngsters, you know, my grandmother surviving the Holocaust, my dad coming to America as an immigrant. So that's kind of how the, the story is structured. But I'll give you a very high level. So my, my family's from Transylvania, so on the border of Romania and Hungary. And when the Nazis invaded, my grandmother happened to be visiting an older sister in Budapest. And you know, she always says, if not for that, you know, she would have been sent to Auschwitz like the rest of the family. And so, you know, she had a chance to survive on the run. I mean, if you ever go to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C., the street that the Holocaust Museum is on was named Raoul Wallenberg Way. And so Raoul Wallenberg is a famous Swedish diplomat who's credited as one of the greatest heroes of the Holocaust. He saved my grandmother's life twice in Budapest. And so one time he issued her a protective passport. And the second time, you know, my grandma was eventually caught by the Nazis and put in the Budapest ghetto. And uh, at the end of the war, they were going to massacre all 80,000 Jews in the ghetto. And it was Wallenberg who convinced the, the guards and the commanders not to go through with the massacre. And so, uh, yeah, my, my grandmother has a pretty, pretty tenuous uh, survival story that I write about in, in detail in the book. And, you know, when she got back, you know, she eventually learned that five of her siblings and both parents were killed. You know, and then you can only imagine that loss. And my grandfather was in a forced labor camp in Hungary and his whole, all his family was killed, all siblings, parents, everyone. And so, you know, when they got back, they had to build a life. They had a family. Um, and as I said, you know, my dad, they came to America after about a decade under communism. My uncle passed away. My dad found basketball, you know, and then the rest is history. Yeah. One of the, so one of the things I'm curious about that probably isn't, talked about too much in the book. And the reason I bring this up is a lot of times on our show, we talk, how do we improve our leadership influence? How do we improve our mindset? Because mentality is such a key piece. And I would imagine your grandmother and your grandfather's mentality of just going through hell, living mm -hmm. hell for lack of a better phrase. 
is like mental toughness and focus that most people can't even fathom. But we try to pull lessons and learn from it. And what I'm curious about from your perspective is growing up, going through, you played college basketball, going through tough workouts, going through things you wanted to check out on. How influential is your family's story in your ability to push through discomfort and keep showing up in, in situations where you don't really want to be there or you don't want to do the work or it sucks. It's nothing like what they went through. And so was that helpful for you in terms of your athletic journey and, and really just life journey? Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for you to read the book because it's really core to my story, you know, because I grew up differently. You know, when I was born, my dad was a player for the Knicks and he was a general manager of the Knicks. You know, I had my, my, my upbringing was just so different, but those values and those experiences, they were so central and remain so central to who I am, you know, and, and how I approach things. And so really it's about, you know, my grandma always taught me, it's not about what happens to you in life. It's about how you respond to what happens to you in life, you know, and it's, it's impossible to come from my family and not internalize that lesson, you know, and to have seen what they all went through. And so, you know, hard work, perseverance, you know, those are the things that just I grew up with. And yeah, they, they just informed every aspect of my career. And, you know, I'll give you an example, you know, my sophomore year at Stanford, we were the number one basketball team in the country, right? We started 26 and 0. I averaged three and a half points per game. And I was, I mean, I terrible field goal percentage. I did, you know how it is as an athlete, you know, I wasn't confident. I wasn't present and I just couldn't, I couldn't perform. And that was such a disappointment to me, even though my team was doing so well, but, you know, just drawing on our past, you know, I, I worked, I stayed positive, I stayed motivated, you know, and I, the, the next year I came back after, you know, putting in all my work and I averaged 18 points per game. You know, I was the leading, uh, the uh, most improved player in the country. I was an all, all conference player. And, you know, it was a huge, it was a huge step up. And people said to me, like, what, what gave you the motivation to push through and to keep going? And I, you know, once you read the book, then you'll get it, you know, that's it. So it, it's really, uh, it's, it's been a really profound kind of part of my life. Well, and, and along those lines, I want to ask you another question that, that you probably haven't gotten on a podcast yet because cool, I love it. <laughs> okay. So you're, we have a lot of parents that listen to the show, parents of raising young athletes, you've got a little one, you've got one little one, right. And one on the way. That's right. Right. So you dad as well. It's interesting to me a lot of times in life and in your family, your uh, immigrant immigrated here, had nothing started over. Your dad builds an incredible athletic career and then an incredible professional career in the game of basketball. You're around the game, but sometimes what we see is the farther you get from the struggle raising the kid, the less able they are able to handle the struggle. We as parents always want to provide a better life for our kids mm -hmm. than we had. And sometimes by doing so, we lessen their ability to do the work and to be mentally tough and things like that. And that's not what I've gotten from your store. And, and the reason I bring that up is because you see a lot of people and kids that come from uh, parents that are very successful and wealthy that they coast a lot more than they do work. Mm -hmm. And so knowing you didn't have that attitude, you didn't have, Hey, I'm going to coast. My dad did really well in, uh, in the NBA. He works in the NBA. I'm just going to kind of get by. It's like, Hey, I had three points a season. Take me off. I want to do better. I believe I can do better. I'm going to put in the work. I got better. I built my confidence. So you have the attitude that your family has of mm -hmm. optimism and doing the work. Why do you, what do you think is one reason 
you were able to maintain that instead of going off course, like a lot of kids do that would have been in your situation. And what's the lesson you want to pay it forward to your kids and instill in them as they get older and start to grow up. And, and they're obviously have a very different experience than your dad did growing up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the first part I'd say is that my parents, particularly my dad, you know, who was this you know, NBA player and a very well-known person in the game, they never put pressure on me. You know, now listen, I write very honestly in the book. I put enough of it on myself, <laughs> you know, and I, and I dealt with that because when you grow up having a, a dad who's very good at what you want to be very good at, there is a lot of pressure there, but yeah. you know, my, my family supported me, you know, so I, I felt like the space to kind of explore things in my own way. So I think that was really important. And I'll also say that the relationships that I built with my parents, with my grandmother, you know, my grandfather passed away when I was a baby, unfortunately, but we were so close and I always did feel so supported that in a sense, their story, it is, it's my story too, you know, cause I feel so connected to them. And so I would say to, you know, parents, like to transmit your history for, for kids to know where they come from, who, you know, the family they belong to. For me, that gave me such a sense of belonging to my family's story that yes, I, I was born under different circumstances and nothing makes my grandparents and my parents happier than that. You know, that, like you yeah. said, that's what you want. But I think for me, feeling so tightly linked to the values of my family helped me, you know, just kind of live those values every day, you know, and, and I was motivated to achieve things on the basketball court. I wanted to make my family proud, but also to kind of live up to this history of every, what they'd all been through, you know, for, so for all those reasons, I think, you know, my family was really helpful for me to kind of stay, stay disciplined, stay motivated, stay hardworking. I love it. I love it. Well, and I appreciate answering that curveball. It's always something I get asked by parents just offline of how do we keep our kids competitive, but how do we also create the better life than we had? And so that's one of the things I love hearing of, of sharing your history and, and instilling that in them and being a part of it, which is so key. And I'll say one more thing. Yeah. It's about modeling behavior. You know, because I grew up watching my dad I mean, my dad worked so hard and he was like that as a basketball player. You know, he was like that as an executive. So I just saw that. I saw what it took for him to rise to the top of his industry. I saw, you know, my grandmother, the, the things that she would do. And, and everyone in my family, honestly, my mom, my sister, they're hardworking, you know, very kind of disciplined people. And modeling that behavior was something that just, you know, because I you can't help but take it forward. And I'll give you an example. Like I was a good student, you know, and, and I worked hard in the classroom, but my sister, she, she's older than me. I, I saw her. She was the one who was studying so hard. So I, I followed after her. I love it. I love it. So I want to ask you actually about, about that and had no intention to asking of this until you started talking about modeling. Your dad had uh, an incredibly, I would say, stressful job front yes. office with the Knicks, right? Yes. The the team that's under the most scrutiny by the media, the the roller coaster and basketball, especially, especially when you're in the front office. There's so much that's outside of your control. You try to bring in the right players. You try to get the right staff. You try to get people in place. You're trying to build the franchise. But the outcome on the court is a lot of times out of your control and the pressure still on you. And so I'm curious from what you saw modeling, how your dad successfully for years handled the roller coaster of pressures and expectations from others where I would imagine he like you just talked about doing to yourself you put more on yourself 
But how, how do you remember seeing that growing up, knowing it's stressful, knowing media, I mean, especially if you're living in New York, you can't help but hearing stuff about the Knicks. How do you think he successfully managed that stress? And I want to ask because the last two years, two and a half years, it's a lot of things outside of our control, a lot of things impacting certain people listening to this positively and negatively. And they're feeling expectations and pressures to perform at a certain level that maybe there's a lot of things going on outside of their control impacting it. And they don't really know what to do. And I just found your dad uh, to be a really cool example of, of how to do that because not many people ever get to ask somebody that works in the NBA front office, how do you handle working for one of the most popular and profitable franchises in the world? how do you handle the stress? Yeah. And I, and I write about that very honestly in the book because I awesome. grew up in that environment, you know, with my dad being the general manager of the Knicks and, after that, he was the general manager of the Milwaukee Bucks, and then he was the general manager of the Washington Wizards. So roughly 30 years straight as an NBA general manager. So that's that's a, a high level of stress year in and year out. And, and you'll get this from the book. And it relates to my dad's background. You know, having come to the United States, again, not speaking English, finding basketball, becoming this big basketball star, and how he did it. Roll up your sleeves, work, put your head down. And he's always done that. And I'm telling you, he is, I mean, there's, criticism when you run a sports team is just part of the job <laughs> and you know you, you you can't avoid it and I couldn't tell you throughout the years all the you know I waking I'd wake up in in the morning uh when I was you know in, in middle school and there'd be a picture of my dad on the front page of the, one of the New York papers with like a clown nose you know yep. whatever you know like, this is the way these things go but by the way there'd also be a picture of him on the paper two weeks later wearing like a crown because the team was doing well, right? So as for as much criticism as he got, he also got so much praise and adoration, but you know, there are two sides to it. I think for him, it's just staying focused on what you can control, which is the work you put in, you know? And listen, he's a human being. You notice what people say. It's impossible to completely avoid it, but I just think to your point, it's managing it. And the way he has always done that is by focusing on the work. And he's always, and he always told me that, you know, and, and I write that in the book, my grandfather told him that, and it's very simple. If you work hard, good things will happen. That's it. You know, don't, don't think of just, just put in the work and, and be, be confident and comfortable with that and try to tune out the noise to the extent you can, but realizing that that's easier said than done, you know, cause we're all human beings. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and learning to recognize what you hear you don't necessarily have to listen to and focus on the work focus on what's in your control man i absolutely love it dan i'm super excited to grab a copy of this book by the grace of the game where can people find it where's the best place to go grab a copy today the best place today is amazon uh, i'm proud to say that it's doing really well so but it's sold out at several places which uh it's both a good and a bad thing. You want copies, but it's also good that people want the book. But Amazon has copies and we're we're going to replenish that supply shortly here. So uh, yeah, thank you for that. Dude, you bet. So uh, by the grace of the game, pick up a copy on Amazon. We'll be linking to it here in the show notes. The incredible story of Dan's family, of surviving the Holocaust, of what his dad was able to do. And then not only that, but the lessons that apply to Dan's own journey. I think it's a phenomenal book. Everything I've heard from Brian is like, this is a must read for the year. Uh, so it's one I'm going to be looking forward to knocking out here in the next couple of weeks as well. Dan, thanks for making time to come on the show this week. Awesome. Jake, thanks so much. Man. It was fun. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. 
and to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit CompeteEveryday.com.